Good afternoon, fellow Gooners. Welcome to another episode of Cannon Talk. I'm your host, Morning, my course as usual, Aiden. How's it, guys? Arsenal, they got a very, you know, important clash against Newcastle. They got a very um, informed Newcastle side. I think they just did get tonked against City. But other than that, you know, they showed, they've been showing great resilience and good, good run of form, you know, leading up to the game where, you know, Arsenal, after that game against Spurs, you know, you wondered what kind of frame of mind they were going to be in. Yeah. I mean, for me, uh, my take again was, yes, it was like a big clash in that, but I mean, I think all of us schooners were also thinking, um, or actually not thinking, expecting a reaction after the Spurs defeat. Um, with regards to the lineup, I mean, look, of course, we had a total chaos leading up to the game because everybody was, you know, trying to put some sort of defence together. Yeah. Um, in the end, Gabriel gets to start alongside Ben White. But I mean, the undertone feeling was also like, you know, both were not going to be probably at 100%. Um, Tavares came in for Cedric Smith and came in for Martinelli on the wing. Uh, what was your take on the, the lineup? I was a bit worried seeing uh, um, Cedric out for Tavares. I would have rather have gone with Tomiyasu playing in left back again or Cedric at left back and yeah. kind of solidify that side of the game. And I would have started with Martinelli because Smith Rowe, you know, the two of them have been kind of firing at different points. Yeah. And Smith Rowe has not seemed himself since he's basically come back from COVID. That was like January, February side. So I would have kind of started Martinelli and then, you know, left everything else as is. Yeah. So I mean, the game kicks off. Um, I don't know. Of course, early. Early minutes, I think what was six minutes, and Ketia has a tinted shot. But I mean, the Magpies almost like sniff out the danger because I mean, you can see, I think that's something that that um Eddie Howes was like brought into the team because I mean, like, I think they were very sloppy in the first half of the season. Now they're actually you know, not allowing too many, you know, when they when they sit of danger, they immediately try to snuff it out. Then, eighth minute, Ramsell ends up dawdling on the ball. Uh, he's passed and ends up getting intercepted by Callum Wilson. And I mean, the ball ends up, uh, you know, getting shot at goal, but I mean, it ends up deflecting to Ben White. But I think he ends up also, you know, was like making a muck up there of things in that situation. Yeah, you could see, you know, Arsenal, uh, I don't know if it was nerves or what it was, but they just didn't seem settled in the game. And like I tell you always, Arsenal, if they don't settle in a game in the first, you know, 5 to 10 to 15 minutes, it's going to be a long game. We've seen it against Palace. We've seen it, like, you know, we've seen it in multiple games where, we, where that's, this team doesn't find their feet and it becomes an uphill battle. And you could see Newcastle on top of us. And like you said, you know, Arsenal started, you know, making those silly mistakes, trying to complicate things. Yeah. In 15 minutes, Ramsdale ends up giving up position again, this time with a, a misplaced pass. And I mean, a pass. And I mean, things were also getting worrying because all of a sudden you think, Look, you're going to have to weather a storm. But all of a sudden, it looks like, you know, Newcastle are just keeping that same tempo, same high press. And I mean, then 18th minute, which almost like add to the nervousness, uh, Ramsdale ends up fumbling uh, Longstaff, a uh, pile driver. Ben White, you know, manages to, you know, clear the, or so actually to save Ramsdale by, uh, you know, can clearing the ball off. But I mean, for me, alarm bells were already ringing there. And then, then came that 20th minute now for me. 
being almost like old school when you watch football, you always think, okay, that you, you have to almost like weather the storm for yeah. 20 minutes and then you start, you know, getting your, your act in order. Because, I mean, the, some of our attacks were also coming few and far between because, like, Saka and, and, and uh, Odegaard did do a good uh, combination of one-two pass in between them. But, I mean, Dan Byrne in, ends up also managing to get a block in because Arsenal was, I think, too long to get a shot away. So, I mean, of course, that also adds to frustration because now, of course, we have to try to see that we're going to attack but also have to see that we keep our, our noses clean behind. And then, uh, 28th minute, Walton ends up losing, or yeah, just about losing a tooth because I think that thing was just hanging by like a nerve or something. So, I mean, he ends up getting that uh, somehow sorted out. A few minutes later, later Matt Target ends up uh, whipping in a dangerous corner. Joe Linton ends up, uh, his header ends up getting deflected off Tommy Asif for another corner. And I mean, the St. James' Park crowd is, you know, really getting fired up and, and you know, turning on the, 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 the atmosphere. And I mean, Arsenal just looked almost like more shell-shocked the uh, longer the game was going on. Yeah, they just didn't seem like they were in it. They, you wouldn't say they were the team chasing for the top four. Just corner yeah. after corner. It was, you know, you know, all hands on deck, all hands on the pump to try to keep Newcastle from scoring. And there wasn't any of it, you know, that where you say, okay, you can see the tide of the tide is changing. Yeah. It wasn't happening. Like you were waiting for it. In your mind, you're thinking, okay, when well, this Arsenal side going to click? And, you know, the more i thinking about it, you know, I'm thinking, okay, this side does not look like they're going to make it. You know, I, in my head, I'm thinking, you know, maybe they just need to get to halftime at 0-0 and then kind mm-hmm. of just have a chat with Arteta. Maybe things will change. And I mean, we know already up to the 34th minute, and I mean, by now, Newcastle already has 67% of the uh, position. Uh, like, you know, as I said, a worrying factor. And I mean, Arsenal were not just, you know, not putting out the sort of performance that we were really expecting because we seemed to, like, dig ourselves more in our shells. Uh, and then it got to a point where you can't just say, yes, you're weathering the storm because all of a sudden, Newcastle are getting to a point as we approach halftime where uh, they are not giving us that space to breathe. I mean, every time the ball was coming out, when you looked again, Newcastle are again back in our half and... All of a sudden, you saw also somebody like Eden Ketia wasn't even playing uh, up front anymore because he was doing that thing that was infuriating us with Lacazette earlier in the season because yeah. he was playing more midfield. So every time the ball did break, there was nobody to pass to when we were trying to get out of our own half. And when we tried to get to our own half, it was almost like it was coming back at us. And I mean, like Newcastle, I've never, like, it reminded me shades of that Crystal Palace game ish where we were getting pinned in our own half yeah. and we had no answer for it. And I mean, look, uh, 36 minutes to maximum ends up, you know, shifting the ball on his right. Arsenal kind of still sleepy and, and backing off. And I mean, he takes his, sh- his chance, he ends up shooting at goal. Ramsdale makes a, you know, solid save to palm the ball away. Then just two minutes later, Tommy Yasu is, you know, sitting himself on the ground, clutching his hamstring. And I mean, of course, it didn't look good. And I mean, a minute later, Cedric has to replace him at uh, right back. So, and I know just from bad to worse. And, you know, there's no outlet, and, and you, you, you're asking yourself, like, how is things going to change? Like, you know, there's no X factor on the bench, really. Mm-hmm. And, you, and you, you're thinking, and like, it's frustrating because you know you just need that one goal, and there's no plan B type striker. Like, you know, if you had, like, a, I'd say, I've been back to like a Jeru, you know, at 0 0, sometimes you stand a chance, you don't have to play well. All you do is just swing a ball into the box. 
So he puts it onto it and, you know, you take the lead. But the Arsenal side could not string like a few passes together before being swarmed out with the high press of Newcastle. We couldn't handle it. Yeah. So, I mean, we're going to halftime. And, I mean, as a, as a Kuna, totally underwhelmed by the performance. The second half starts. They I think within two minutes, Eden Ketty ends up colliding with uh, Shear, Fabian Shear, and knocks the Swiss defender out cold. I mean, he eventually does come too, but gets subbed out. And this is actually something that I actually learned later on in the game, actually half a day later. I did not know when, because I always thought when you get a concussion sub, that's it. It's just that person gets replaced. I didn't know that your opponent gets also then a, a pass for another substitution. So... We could also like make about four subs in the, the course of the game. Did you know that? I actually heard that. I, heard that in the, I didn't knew it, but I heard it. The commentator, I don't know, we had the same co- commentators, but the commentators actually made mention to it, like because it's a concussion sub that you allowed to have an extra player. And I thought to myself, you know, maybe it, it helps Arsenal because I mean, yeah. you could add you know, extra fresh legs on the on the pitch, but like. You know, at the, at, you know, they say more of the same. At the, you know, we came from half time, and like you said, we came in now. You know, that concussion happened with that um, Shah, and then you know, it's like Newcastle just carried on with their left off. Yeah. Then fifty third minute, I mean, you can see also Atlanta's frustration was growing. He ends up rolling off Smith Rowe and throws on Martinelli. But I mean, again, what you were saying, Smith Rowe. I mean, for me, I mean. <sighs> Let's just call it as it is. I mean, it was a terrible performance because yeah. he was offering nothing. And I mean, he was getting bumped off. The, I mean, almost like everything was too easy the way uh, he ended up losing position. So, you had it. It was like a, a, a situation where the opponent of ours that were play, it was playing on that side was actually willing to give the ball up because they knew they were going to need yeah. the ball from again. Yeah, I know. He, he, he struggled. I don't know if it's because he's being shifted out of, you know, maybe he wants to play in a central role. But... It's just not working at the moment for him. I mean, look, Aiden, I don't get uh, there's certain aspects of Arteta's management. I don't get because I think, like, I mean, you and I discussed it, and I'm sure the listeners as well, like, to a degree, will agree. But I just think the he, he causes more damage when he plays in between the lines. So, yeah, if you have a team playing like with two banks of four, if he plays in between the two, he normally breaks the line. I mean, he did it yeah. numerous times whenever we, play, we played against them. So, I mean, then we got to the 55th minute. Tavares ends up taking a foul throw. It's called up for it, of course. And then with that ensuing uh, throw in, Newcastle ends up, you know, getting the ball through to Sir Maximin. He plays the ball to Joe Linton. But, I mean, of course, Cedric is way caught up, way up the pitch. And, of course, he's got no chance to really track back there that quick enough to, to uh, help with the counter. And, I mean, Joe, Hilton, uh, Joe Linton just ends up smashing the ball across the six-yard box of Arsenal, and I mean, with Ben White tracking uh, Callum Wilson, I mean, he almost like under pressure, he ends up steering the ball into his own net, 1-0 Newcastle. Yeah, my stomach just turned when that happened, because I, like, for us, just, like, at 0-0, yeah. I was kind of thinking, you know, maybe we can pop this 1-0, but the fact that we went 1-0 down, I was thinking to myself, how do we get two goals? Like, is it possible to get two yeah. goals? And like the performance is like you know even after we conceded the performance wasn't changing it was frustrating like ah uh, like uh, like Martinelli was coming on you know you were, you were also like running into blind alleys at the end of the day it was just there was no cohesiveness yeah then 62nd minute Arsenal ends up taking off Tavares brings on Lacazette 
Then uh, 67, Guimaraes, who's, I mean, up to then, he was almost like pick of the players of Newcastle, really. Uh, he ends up finding uh, Wilson, and I mean, the Englishman ends up first time volleying across the Arsenal bow, and I mean, the ball just ends up going over the, just just going over the Arsenal crossbar. And I mean, Arsenal are struggling. And I mean, I'm, as you said, I'm actually also wondering where are we going to get the goal, because you just don't see anything getting any better. Then 72nd minute, El Nini, you know, out of the blue, ends up shooting from distance. But also, again, a, a comfortable save for Dubravka. And then... Uh, I mean, I interrupt you. Would, at this point, you know, would you have accepted a draw? Or did you, like, did you feel like we have to go all out to, 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 to win the game? I mean, or would you have accepted... You know, to be honest with you, I, I was getting to a point where, yes, I was going to settle for a draw. Because yeah. I, I just did What I didn't get was, you've got... So much time in between games, also at times. Yeah. You you think it was our? I mean, clearly you something has to give. Not something has to give, but you must see some sort of reaction, some sort of fight, or. But I mean, as it's gonna like later on in the talking points, I mean, there's a lot of things that, that I'm gonna yeah. also say, like opinion, like like an opinion piece. And I mean, I'm of course open to you and whoever want to yeah. say something. But yeah, we just go on to the game again. Within after that that. Say that the Bravka makes straight from that, like the counter again. On the other end, Almiron ends up finding Wilson in the Arsenal box. He ends up swiveling, sees his shot almost like deflect off White, and then I think he just ends up missing the, the, the top corner. And I mean, Arsenal look almost like a shell shot. Yeah, they were in sixes and sevens basically because they had no idea what to do, they had no answer for yeah. new. So, and they just had, they were asking Newcastle no questions. It was way yeah. too easy for a team that was chasing top four that could get into Champions League, you know, and, and change a few things. And I mean, for me, like the, the, the sense of watching the way Newcastle were playing, it's almost like you have your foot, you, you know, on your, your, your rival's throat and you're just not letting them get up for, to catch yeah. it. Because, you know, I, something that, that, that I mean, I'm going to tell you something that shocked me. Arteta in that game, Changed his formation about I, I, roughly. I'm not just gonna spitball it here. He changes formation about at minimum three times. Formation wise, he changed Newcastle played from that the way they played in the first minute, right up, up to I mean, of course, we still have other points to analyze, but I mean, they played from the first minute to the 90th minute the same way, and also tried all those little tricks and whatever tactical tweaks and that, and it did not work because. It seems like like more than half the squad didn't have the heart for the fight. And the, and, and players will be. I mean, Arteta's coming. Split with these subs as well, eh? Like you just don't like to get so open. That was ridiculous. Your internet is cutting out of it. Oh, I see the. Oh, oh, the, 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 the squad is ridiculous. Is it better now? No, it'll just go on. Um, then 73rd minute, Pepe ends up coming on for Gabriel. Uh, I mean, I think the defender also, you know, had these moments, but I mean, oh, you can see Arsenal are not throwing everything on the line right now. And I mean, 79th minute, Pepe ends up giving the ball away. Newcastle then in a 2-1 two two situation between Fraser and Murphy. The shot ends up, you know, coming to Murphy, he ends up having a shot at goal, and I mean, Ramsdale, I mean, just to pull off a Decent save. 
Then at the third minute, Martinelli's cross, you know, caused havoc in the Magpies' defence. But, I mean, of course, that was clear. And it was like Eden Ketia just kind of bullied out of the ball anyway. Then at the fifth minute, uh, Dan Byrne ends up threading a ball to Wilson, who ends up trying to hold the ball up. Ramsell ends up trying to come, uh, you know, from behind to, to, to block Wilson. Wilson, of course, ends up, I think, with Ramsell, ends up almost like half clearing the ball out of the Arsenal box. But, I mean, the ball goes straight to Gimarish, and, I mean, he's, he's, of course, not closed down by the Arsenal. And, I, mean, I think the Arsenal players also, the tanks were empty. Who isn't, of course, closed down, and, I mean, he ends up firing, firing the ball into the Arsenal net. 2-0, game over. Yeah, it was a gut-wrenching feeling, that second goal, because you knew it was over, and there was no coming back. And, I mean, with that, I mean, for me, that was Arsenal's, real, like, you know, last real... Uh, or realistic chance of qualifying for the Champions League. I mean, of course, there's different permutations still, but I mean, that's few and far between. Because, I mean, I honestly can't put my head around what I actually saw in a game like that. Because you go in, I mean, of course, remember after that defeat, you and I felt so like, down, and I mean, I know 100% the, the, the fans felt the same. But I mean, you think to yourself, okay, you know, we dust ourselves off and we go again. And what we saw was just the same mess that was happening out at Tottenham Stadium. Yeah, no, it was, it was absolutely ridiculous. And, you know, if, if you're going to put up performances like this, what business do you have in the Champions League, actually? Yeah. I mean, I think it was always going to turn out like that because, um, you know, this one brings me also to the talking points because, um, look, Granit Xhaka came in for a lot of flack from... People like Gary Neville and and uh, I think Ian Wright also, Carriger. yeah, and yeah, Carriger as well. And I mean, I think the only person I saw actually with with, with Arsenal connections was uh, what's his guy's name, um, Alan Smith. Where he still said something that, in a way, is, is so true because he said, "Why is it we must always?" Almost like a, a press conference of a, of a team after such a performance is almost like a PR stunt where. Yeah, you just say the basics. I, I mean, I actually like what Jacka said because I don't think you just like to pinpoint certain people. He talked about the team as a whole. I don't know how the British media kind of, kind of warping this whole story out of proportion because he was talking about everybody in the team, and, and that was the issue for me. That the whole team was the problem on the night. Yeah, they they weren't. They didn't stand up to be counted. They had the opportunity. I mean, you know, you look at Spurs, like. Do you think Arsenal would have come out of that situation having to go to Anfield, at least picking up a point there, and then beating your rival who's above you, and then still having to win the next game? Arsenal would not have been able to do that. They probably would have lost to Liverpool and lost to Spurs, and then they would have been at the top four race. I mean, what what, what I I just don't get off the, the way when you look at, at how we've, you know, the situation we've got ourselves into where We've lost some like 13 matches this season. We, I mean, if you look at, at, at uh, say, City, Liverpool, um, I think Chelsea is always like, touching the border of that, but that's all teams that have lost under 10 games for the season, for the season, under 10. And we're already on 13, and I, I think there's some like 10 away defeats. And I mean, if you really want me to take a see, and this is something that, that you said about two. Or three podcasts ago, where you still said, you know, as much as you you love the club and, and wanting to get Champions League football, 
But this also is a sign of telling you also like where we are right now. We, I mean, yeah. we were struggling a loss, uh, like last two seasons with two successive eighth uh, place finishes. So of course we did not deserve Europe at all. This time you can see there is a tweak in performance, but it's only like you can't also just throw Arsenal. Almost like it's not a divine right just to be in the Champions League because there are things that almost like harsh realities would also go hidden if if you don't have the sort of reality checks. Yes, no, I know that they always say it paints the cracks, you know, paints over the cracks, which which would have done, you know. If we had to play Champions League, can you imagine, like, you know, we play in patches, like, yeah. you can imagine coming up against a Real Madrid or Bayern Munich or Barcelona, who's not even on form at the moment, but coming up against him, or even like Inter Milan, AC Milan, we would get taken to task because there's too many individual errors and there's too much inconsistencies. I mean, you like you know you you go you go back. You know we're probably going to end up for two points off Spurs. Then you just go to a game against Brighton at home. You know they I know they lost to Brighton, yeah. but it was a game where we were missing chances. It could have been a draw even. You know you give us a point, we we we, we close one point behind Spurs, and then you look at the game against Southampton also. I mean Liverpool go to against Southampton. They go there with a weakened squad, no Salah, no Jota, no, 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 Jota, no Salah, no Mane, no uh, Luis. They, they were just, they could go there with a very weakened squad and go and get the result. We went to Southampton with the full strength side and we got almost played off the park. We couldn't score, could put the ball past Fraser Forster. I mean, you know, these are all points during the season that we just, you know, threw away and, and look at us now where we are because of it. I mean, I've got like, I mean, I've got about six points to discuss here. But I mean, with, with a retort from you or, or we add on extras. Yeah. And, but I mean, for me, I mean, I can fully understand, you know, not buying in the January window. But I mean, for me, it gets to almost like the point of incompetence when you let the most versatile players like, you know, Callum Chambers and Ainsley Maitland-Niles go over the window. And then no sooner they leave, the, the, the window, of course, closes. And of course... There and then the injuries start, and then I mean, we end up losing uh, Kirti, and then we end up losing Party. But I mean, almost like it was, it was part Tommy of Tommy Asu as well. I mean, Tommy Asu as well. So, I mean, for me, it was also like somewhat incompetence and also arrogance by Edwin Arteta because I don't know what they were really playing at because it's almost like a bit of, you know, give and take. That is what they should have had. So, even if it means like paying a sort of a fee or whatever, then you recall somebody from low on loan or whatever. You know, you break the, the contract type of thing. But you bring somebody on loan or, as I said, you don't just let, let Rob Holding, not Rob Holding, uh, Callum Chambers just leave on a on, on a free transfer and you just want to get um, Maitland Niles, like, you know, off the wage bill. Because I can guarantee you 100% right now, and then I'm, I'm not talking about just of in, in hindsight, because you, you know the people's characters by now if you watch them long enough for a club. You know for a fact that Callum Chambers will put his body on the line for the club. And the clubs, yeah. same with with uh, Maitland Niles. And for me, you, you can't, I mean, especially if you know you're going to be prone in this position, in that position, that then you at least you know you got Maitland Niles and Callum Chambers, okay, Callum Chambers that can fall both in fullback uh, either side, or they can play as a holding mid. And I mean, Callum Chambers can play as a centre back. So why take that risk and just you know be almost like tons of bare bones? Because I think at the end of it all. You got complacency setting in, like with some of the players. Yeah. Because they knew. Uh, yes. And of course, they were also tiring themselves out because 
Uh, yes, I know it's like almost like a week in, uh, between, but I mean, there was also a period where we were getting to, I think, March, April, where some of the stuff was starting to get more compressed fixtures in it. Yes. Yeah, no, and, and like you said, Maitland now even to that role, you know, plays a, like a proper wing back in a 3 in a 4 3 or a 3 5 2, or he could also, you know, even play as a third wing, okay, as so a winger, either left and right, you know, in some games, you want to maybe he just be a bit more defensive. So, and uh, who was it game that was it against Norwich? Or when, I know this could have been against Norwich or a weekend side where he played uh, as defensive, but or as a holding word with. With I think it was Lakonga, and he also you know picked up a man of the match performance, but for some reason you know, it could have been that it could have been that game yes, and 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 you wondered to yourself you know maybe they wanted to leave, but Arteta himself had a chat and said look, you guys will be free to talk to whatever clubs you want to, we will listen to office even if it's at a reduced fee, but just you know kind of just stick it out, we will we will give you guys games and like you said. Complacency set in because you know Odegaard started to believe that his name will be on the team sheet every week. So, yeah. well, like you know, the likes of Gabriel Ben White, and then you know you have your 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 left back situation where Tierney also got injured, and you didn't trust Tavares. I mean, Tierney creates a lot of chances for us, and once we lost him, also we kind of became blunt as well. It's it's all things that yeah. you know you you you. you we took for granted. We thought, ah, we're only playing. I mean, we got knocked out the FA Cup already, first round, like third round already. So by January, we were almost out of everything. We never had, a, like, you know, a, that extra game. And, and, you know, yes, like you said, it did get compressed a bit now and then. But, you know, all the other teams had to go through that with extra games. And, you know, look at Spurs. They did the business in, in January. I mean, like you said, we didn't have to sign anybody. But the fact that we let players go and weaken our squad was, like you said, suicidal. Yeah. And I mean, like, the second point I want to bring up was, you know, we might have had a small, a small squad, but, I mean, with, we were playing the likes also of Saka and, uh, like, the majority of the defence into the ground because you could see it was like, the car, like a car crash coming already because in between, because, look, Saka was getting almost most of the games for England as well. And then it's, like, back into to club duty. And, and, I mean, we keep on... Uh, you know, playing them, and of course, like this is the other thing that I want to bring up with regards to um, Arteta because I mean he, he allows he, like, he plays these young 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 guys into the ground, and then he expects people like the Conga Pepe and a few others to come in and perform immediately. Not you know, and they're not even getting the, enough decent minutes anyway. Because surely I think I was listening to Oz, I was I think it could be Oz blog last night. I was listening to when one of these guests was actually saying. You at least give your 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 squad players also you give them like a five or ten minute cameo or even the the young players because this is not with this also a point almost like within a point because you know we had a crisis at fullback then I mean Chambers Meta Niles could have also helped ease the workload number one and then of course you because uh, Arteta ends up adding people like Patino Swanson Hutchinson etc to the bench but I mean he doesn't use either. Like either of them or any of them, as he says, he like to experience. But then, why fill the bench with so many youngsters? Then? Yeah, no, sure. I, 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 silly. Then point three, um, expecting Nketiah and Lacazette to get us into the Champions League, where they were, you know, barely even getting ten between the two of them alone. So I mean, then looking at that, 
when you then you start looking at the the team that's first, second, third, and like currently fourth, uh, their firepower. And uh, look, it's not like 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 uh, Lukaku's been on fire for Chelsea, whatever. But I mean, when 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 need be, they can score. Like you 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 do feel okay. They can get you know they do have goals in there, but it's like you you could see with Lacazette that was already almost like he was already hamstringing us with. The, what he was doing up front because he was actually supposed to be up front, but every time we see him in midfield, and then you get um, Ketia just fine against certain teams he was performing. Of course, by the time teams are already thinking, figuring out after the West Ham game, are also going about things. His chances start getting few and far between because against Spurs he didn't get really much of a snuff, but for pulling I think one shot at the end of the first half I think we forced Lawrence into a save, but other than that, did nothing there much against Spurs, and then. I guess Newcastle, he was not even close to the box at most times. So, I mean, uh, uh, that was already for me worrying right there. About- I agree with you with this. Like, I'm going to give you a little stat. So, you know, Liverpool, who's chasing the title, Salah, 22 goals, eh? And then yeah. Mane and Shakhtar, 15 goals each. Yeah. I mean, that's what, 52 goals between three players? And then you look at Tottenham, Son, 21 goals, Harry Kane, 16 goals. Just throw his little bit, even at that little sprinkling he's added also. So you think yeah. that core is added already. No, that, that's 100%. I mean, that's the that's the difference between, like, you know, Arsenal. I mean, you look at City, but, you know, they, they don't have as high scorers, but the Brainer 15, Raheem Sterling 13, Ramares 11. You know, then you have um, Jesus with 8. It, it chips in very nicely to to where they are, where, you know, Saka's our top scorer with 11. I mean, I mean, the brain has more goals than him. It was more like, you know, supposed to be creator. Jota, yeah. who plays less minutes than him. You know, we fell short. We, You and I knew we needed a striker. Even if it was, I'm not saying, uh, you know, a top, top striker, but just somebody that can score goals. Yeah. But, you know, we, 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 we fell very short in that department because, in games, you maybe I know we didn't draw much, but um, in games where we should have maybe you know gotten two goals extra or something like that, we couldn't find it. We never had that guy that was going to. We had to craft our chances very well. And then there was another thing that that, that Alan Smith actually brought to my attention. He said Arsenal, you know, have, have, were never able to really turn losing positions into you know winning ones. Yeah, it's so true. Because like when you know they're down, then you know, oh God, it's going to be either. Uh, I mean, like, there's no real plan B to get yourself out of this sort of mess. So it's not like we have to make a fast start or, or somehow break through to a team at no no. Or it's going to yes. be a big slog first. Because, because, I mean, you didn't expect much also by the time we were going down against Southampton or with Brighton. I mean, we had the Emirates and it took almost like, what, 85, 87 minutes before. Anything worthy was coming to the Brighton goal. So, uh, other point yeah. I wanted to bring up was uh, sorry to interrupt, but uh, like point number four was, you know, just seeing the effect of what a quality loan signing can do for you when you think of what Kulusevski and Pentakur has did for the Spurs. And and I mean, even uh, did did um, Luis Diaz only come in January to Liverpool? That's January, right. yeah, he came. He only came in January. Yes. And I mean, he plays as if you know you like he just fits into that that sort of 
masterpiece that Klopp has now, you know, put together. I mean, that is a, that's the sort of thing that we need to do because it, it shows you, and I, I don't know, like I'm talking about these points and, and, and what is now just bouncing under my head right now is just the numbers you threw out now of, of, of what Kane gives you, what, what Son gives you, what Salah, Jota, Mane. And I mean, people can say, oh yeah, but so-and-so about you know, the, the, the club and, and money and whatever. It's got nothing to do with it. It's got to do with people that, that when you see that sort of rivalry that, that Mane and Salah, Salah have, it's like you can see they, they, they'll help each other, but you can see they, they do have that rivalry and they can't stand certain aspects of each other's game, like when the one does on the pass or the other. But you see they try to outgun each other like constantly. And you need that sort of rivalry. And for, for me, it also it's, it's too tame, that, that, that sort yeah. of mindset. So everything is too nice at times, you know, before we really competitive. Um, the point number five on the bring up was something that Jaka said also the other day, like shocked me was of how he mentioned we, like we as a team don't follow the tactics discussed about it. And I mean, there's some in the team that I think he added also that, that just go out and do their own thing. So how can you still expect to, to get, to, you know, graph success if, you're not even going to follow simple commands. Because I mean, there, there are times you can actually see it where certain people are going too high up and you can see Arteta's losing his bloody mind because he's telling people you're going too far forward when, when you almost like on the back foot. Yeah, like Tavadi is a key player that, that he loves to do that. I mean, you know, and, and that's why, like, you know, with Arteta, sometimes I feel sorry for him because it's, it's key mistakes that, these players do, which you can't account for. I mean, that that, that throws you out. I mean, Tavares with that foul throw, you know, it, caught, it catches everybody off guard, and you know, you end up getting punished because of it. And then you can also, I mean, uh, there's not like a, an act where uh, there's not like a record that keeps also repeating itself. Because just think of it. I mean, of course, there's now games that we won, but it, uh, I've seen it occur also in, in previous games. But I mean, you look at that, that motion, that, that moment in the game that we beat Man United at uh, at the Emirates, where the cross comes in, it looks completely tame. Then Tavares ends up leaving the ball. Uh, Gabriel doesn't jump for the ball, and it lands to Ronaldo, who don't need, doesn't need a second invite. And there was a game. I don't know if it was the Palace defeat or the 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 um, Southampton defeat, where a cross comes in again, and then. The, um, Tavares don't know what's going on behind him. You don't get a shout either, but he's also not alert enough to, you know, just pivot the head a little to see who's coming. And it's not like a free shot in, like a free goal. It's not like an f- easy goal. So we can't see too many like that also. That, that drives me crazy because, like, that, that, there was also a game where Gabriel ends up just watching the ball go over his head. He don't jump. And then, of course, uh, Tavares don't see the runner coming in. So it's like a free open shot at goal. And we're allowing it if, almost like every game we even allow it. In. Even the games that we win, we allow these sort of chances that we need to really scrub from our game. That and that ill discipline as well. I mean, I know, you know, back in the day, the red cards were was, um, associated with, you know, putting everything on the line and lunging it and diving, like, you know, um, going in hard. But I mean, you know, we're just being near stupid with the red cards we've got in this yeah. season. I mean, you know, I think of one against Man City when we had them on the ropes and we we kind of, you know, they make it 1-1, but then you get a red card, which kind of gives him that impetus to kind of, you know, take take charge of the game and we get the red card there. And 
if you there's probably so many games you can think of where we just silly mistakes, silly red cards, and you know that goes kind of back to a point of that 13 losses. Um, you know, just shows you if Arsenal don't turn up on the day, there isn't that in between of okay, we can sneak a point in, you know, to kind of get you that point on the day when you're playing bad because. I mean, 13 losses. If you had even turned five of them into draws, I mean, where where could we have been? I mean, look, doesn't I just now spit putting another stat quickly also? I mean, you got Man City plus 72. Uh, there's goal difference now. Uh, Liverpool plus 66. Chelsea plus 42. Tottenham plus 24. Arsenal plus 9. Uh, I mean, something... You, you, and, and, and it also shows that Yes, when we do go in the in the market for a forward, it's not going to just take one forward. I mean, let alone, I don't know if it's going to just take two forwards. I think you're looking at easily, like like we're looking at about two frontline forwards plus somebody that, that's probably up and coming that can, you know, easily get you up to 10 goals because I think we are really falling short badly. Because, I mean, the wingers aren't giving that much. I mean, I'm not talking now of what Saka and I brought to the team, but I think Martinelli is so five or six short of what he should be, you know, really scoring. Yeah. Pepe, you know, it's also like a balancing act. You don't know, of course, wasn't he treated fair enough, but also when he was given the chance, he's also not doing enough to, you know, like stamp his place in, in the squad. So there's a lot of things to, to 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 try to fix in this team. So, I mean, I don't know how it's going to go and how it's going to work, but I mean, you can see also certain aspects of, of sort of targets that have been mentioned or, or Signings that are close and what they will bring, but because I, I I think this with, with that Bologna um, left back that we link to that Aaron Hickey, he's somebody that can play a left back. He can play. He's quite comfortable playing right back, but I mean he's also that, that sort of defender that like Tierney, where you go forward, but he's also going to be as quick to get back in his his uh, position again. So I just think it will be also easier on people like Tierney and even Tomiyasu where. You have somebody in the wings that can fill you know fill in for you when when things have gotten all like physically tough on your body. Yeah, and uh, it's something we need to improve on because you know I'm sure a lot of teams when they see some of their players go down or hold their leg, they like panic. But with Arsenal, it becomes an issue with almost every single player goes down. You panic because you know yeah. there isn't a decent replacement for the player. I mean, if City goes. Like, if a City player goes down, you know, besides maybe the brainer, who is their linchpin, obviously they'll feel it. But, like, let's say Mares goes down, you know, okay, we have Sterling on the bench, okay, maybe, you know, put in the performances yeah. for three or four games and vice versa. I mean, also look at Liverpool. Like, you know, you mentioned something where you're not just going to take one or two frontline players. I mean, Liverpool have Mane and Salah, who are these top-tier players. Then you have Jota and the Diaz, who's come now in, who yeah. are also getting, you know, I mean, Diaz obviously came in now, so he's just up there with Jota. But I mean, Jota, like, he didn't start every game. Yeah. But look at the numbers he's pushing out. It's almost like a Silva and Volto or a Kanu. You know, you give them opportunity, they get you goals. But Arsenal, we're just drawing blanks. And, you know, we have such a vital game against Everton now. But, I mean, yeah. is it going to be something that's even going to be, um, you know, you know, we win the game, then what? It's just kind of uh, such a disappointment going into that game. Yeah, almost a um, charity game or something that you play. Yeah, but I mean, like, it leads me also now into that, that Arsenal Everton game now for tomorrow. Um, 
fifth versus sixteenth. I mean, you know, it's the last game of the season. Uh, Tomato season as well. But I mean, I think the crowd will, you know, be behind them no matter what. And I mean, I, I love that. But I, I just think also now with with regards to the game now with with Everton getting, you know, the late win that, that a few nights ago against Crystal Palace, as well as almost like you know confirming the the Premier League survival. I mean, their mindset could also be, you know, a bit more relaxed. Of course, yeah, it's up to us now also to get a morale-boosting win. But, uh, I mean, at the moment, look, I'm not going to hold any fine or whatever hopes about, uh, you know, Norwich with it, uh, playing Tottenham in the last game of the season. But, I mean, I'm just going to go, you know, like watch the game like I would watch many of others. I mean, of course, I still feel gutted even days after you know, the defeat, but I mean, I just think to myself now, you know, yeah, we took the heat now, I mean, it's a gut-wrenching feeling, but uh, it's now, uh, my mind is already drifting now to also like the summer, how that whole project is going to continue, because without Teta getting his deal, I think now also the club can also see what we needed that, that wasn't there for us, that, that could have not, you know, just pushed us where we needed to be, because I think even as you said, just a couple, even uh, just a couple of loan signings that had to come in, I think probably just gets us over the line against um, against Spurs because I I don't think Spurs were that outstanding, but I think we had mattered most was especially that that especially March or yeah March and April where they almost like had to like pull themselves together because they look they were on a terrible run and I thought that was where we could not open the gap on them, but I mean. Credit to Conte and and the, the Spurs because I mean, they end up also like just chipping away and at, in the end I think almost like the pressure started getting up uh, catching up to us because all of a sudden that the uh, some like a nine point gap against six six against four and not, and stuff like that so crazy yeah I, I think that Spurs result against Liverpool was probably the most crucial because if they had lost to Liverpool you know Arsenal could have made it what a six point gap. And we still would have had the, that, that cushion in the bank right now. But it all was just down to that that heart and determination that Spurs had that we kind yeah. of fell short with. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I've more and more I've come to terms with it. I mean, you know, if you go back to our first, you know, episode probably before the season started podcast and you asked us, you know, what we would have accepted, we said fifth place and even maybe December, we still said, ah, you know what, you know, Europa League. But, I mean, yeah. the fact that we came so close now to Champions League and, like, you know, you felt like you bottled it almost. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you know, Europa League was still our aim yeah. at the start of the season. So, I think we must remember that, you know, as much as we upset and pissed off and we have been hard done, but I think, you know, Europa League is where we're at at this point in time. And, you know, yeah. up until we feel we're more consistent in the league and, and that 13 losses to maybe six losses, you know, that goal difference from, you know, nine to maybe 29, you know, we we still need that, you know, we're not ready for it yet. Yeah, I fully agree. And I mean, perfect way also to round off the podcast. Um, I hope you guys have a fantastic weekend, guys. Let's hope we can go out with a bang tomorrow. And I mean, who knows? Come on, Norwich. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's go. Okay, cheers, guys.